0: I'm not a predictor of what's going on in your life. So I have to say, for some of you, this may be your morning. I mean, everything's going great for you. And you are here and you can sing these praise songs. You can say, God, you've been good to me. I know you've been good to me. And I mean, because I can just see all the things that have happened in my life. That they're just, they're just wonderful things that have happened. But I also know that for every last one of us, there comes some days that that's not going to be true. There's going to be, at least for some of you, because there's always some of you, that things are not going so well for you. You see, I don't know what it might be. Maybe church doesn't mean as much to you anymore. Maybe there's no direction in your life. Maybe, maybe there's other things. Maybe you don't have enough money and you're, you've got some money problems and you, you don't know what to do about the money problems that you've got maybe you're tired of people telling you at church especially, don't worry about it, God's going to take care of you. And you're saying, when is he going to take care of me? Because he had not taken care of me yet. Or maybe you've lost your job, or maybe you lost your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You know, maybe you're going through a, a terrible divorce. Or maybe you're just still suffering from that. Maybe you've got a good friend who has a terminal disease, or maybe you Maybe you've got something that is out there. What I'm saying when you're out there, you, the, the, what has happened is, is that the, uh, you haven't got the report back from the doctor. And you know that there's a possibility that you could have something that's really, really bad. Maybe your children are not walking with the Lord and you wish they were. Maybe it's even your grandchildren that are not walking with the Lord. I don't know where all the maybes are. But what happened was you came into church and it took every bit of your energy just to get here. And you probably thought at some points, I don't know if I wanna go, but you got here. You got here and what did we say? We want you to sing these praise songs. Get up on your feet, put a smile on your face. And you said, I don't feel like smiling. But you did, didn't you? You did. You got up, you said, you know, I'm going to smile, I'm going to do this. And if anybody asks you, how are you today? What are you going to say? I'm fine. But you're not fine. You know what you're doing? You're acting like a Christian. You're lying. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Because you think maybe I should say that regardless of how I'm really feeling. So maybe the real question you've got is this. Why should I praise God when everything is going wrong? Maybe that's your question today. Well, I'm going to give you some reasons here. If you have your, your, your copy of, the, of the, the, the notes here, there's some words I want you to underline. I'm going to talk about these words. They're the words blessed, the words "great," his great mercy, born again, living hope. I'm going pretty fast through this. Inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven. If you can get those, now I'm going to read it to you blessed be the god and the father of our lord jesus christ according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you peter is writing this epistle to a group of people who are going through persecution. And what does he start off with? Well, last week we talked about the fact that your salvation and how God has moved the whole universe around so that you could be saved. And this week, you know, we're looking at this. And what was his next word? Praise God. And I'm sure that when these people were reading this, they're just about like some of you that are sitting here and say, things aren't going right. I'm supposed to praise God? Here's what he said. He said, blessed that word blessed is from the greek word let me give you a little greek lesson here if they put the epsilon ups upsilon in front of the word the e it looks like eu to us but epsilon upsilon, it means good that means the word it means it's a contraction and it means good on the front of it and the next word is logatos which means it's a saying is what it really is a saying it's a have a good saying have a good saying. And what we are doing is we're saying good things about God. We say good things about God because it is true. Now I want to straighten out something for you. A lot of people when I've heard them gossiping, when I say to them, you know, you're gossiping, you know what they say? Well, I was just telling the truth. This is the words that I hear. Let me give you what gossip is so that you really understand what gossip is. And maybe we'll stop it because you realize when you look in the Bible and it has gossip listed with a bunch of other sins, it's in the Hall of Fame of bad sins. You understand that gossip is. You see, slander is saying a lie in order to hurt somebody. That's what slander is. Gossip is telling the truth in order to hurt somebody. When we are in an unloving way, there's two things that we do. We assault people or we withdraw from people. Those are the two things that we do. We assault them or we withdraw from them. And what is gossip? Gossip is saying things that are true about that person that assaults them. It's not good for them. It assaults them. So when we say gossip, we're saying bad things about somebody but when we say good things we're just telling the truth do you understand and so what I'm saying here is you say good things about God I was with a friend uh, a week or two ago and we said there's this guy that you know we knew and we were talking and we were saying good things about him I mean he was a great guy and how you know diligent he was and how he served the Lord and we were talking about I said let's talk about him for a little longer you understand because that's not gossip and when you talk about God in a good way, it's telling the truth, but it is not gossip. We are saying these good things to the Father of the One who is our Lord. He is our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at that name Lord. Lord means that we follow Him. Jesus is the name of salvation, it's, it's a, a, a contraction, sort of, of, of Jehovah Savior. Jesus is that anointed, or Christ rather, is that anointed one. The name is amazingly purposeful. And what is that purpose? I'll tell you what that purpose is. We praise him for he has shown us great mercy. See, when we are down, when things are going bad, and we say that we don't deserve this, you know, the bad things that are happening to us, we don't even recognize that we're also sinners. And the truth is, is that when you're going through a bad thing, you don't deserve it. You deserve something much worse. Do you understand? When you're going through something that is bad, you're still uh, not going through what you deserve. Because we deserve eternal damnation. And Jesus Christ paid the, the debt for us. He paid for it with his death, The death that we deserve, he gave to us. That's mercy. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 7... For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, we weren't so good that Jesus died for us. Jesus died for us because we were bad. That's what, that's the mercy that we have. And we were working against him. And not only did Jesus say, you know, they're working against me, but from the beginning of time, When you find even in the the book of Genesis, it said that Jesus Christ is going to come. From the beginning of time, God already knew all the days that we had, all the days that we're going to live. He knew every one of the sins that we were going to commit. He knew how we were going to be working against him. And he still sent his son to come and die on a cross for us. That's incredible mercy. That's like... You're going to die for an unfaithful spouse and you're dying for that unfaithful spouse while that spouse is still being unfaithful. You understand what I'm saying? That's how Jesus Christ died for us. And even though that sin is paid for, we still sin. We still covet, we still are selfish, we are proud, we hold back things from God, whether it's our service or our gifts, and we treat some people in very unloving ways, and he still doesn't give us what we deserve. We deserved much worse. And see, we will think nothing of it until we stand before a holy God, and then again, what will we see? We'll see that he shows us mercy. You see, he doesn't even leave us in this condition forever. For he gives us this way out every time we want to take this way out we can take this way out and we can come right back to him it says in first john chapter 1 verse 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness You see, what happened to us is that in our sin, we separated ourselves from God. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. I'll never tell you that. And I'm going to tell you that you can't lose it and tell you the truth in a moment. And so what happens, we no longer walk with him. And guess what he does? He shows us mercy. He says that if you simply confess your sins, guess what? I'm going to be like the father of that prodigal son. I'm going to come with the open arms and I'm going to grab a hold of you. That's mercy, folks. He doesn't come and say, now that I got you in my house, I'm going to whip you for a little bit. He takes you in. He takes you in. And all we had to do was confess and we walk with him again. We praise him for he has caused us to be born again. The word for born again is in a tense that means it's complete. It's complete. You see, we get a new life, a new, complete new life from being born again. We get a new relationship, a complete new relationship that comes with this. We have a relationship with God, which we did not have before we had being born again. And this completes who we are. And who are we? We are the children of God. We are in his care. We will never be forgotten And we are always loved. Our Heavenly Father moved the universe to cause us to be born again. I talked to you about last week about the fact that God moved everything around so that you would come to know Jesus Christ. But let me say something to you here. I know you're going through a difficult time, some of you. You're going through a difficult time. Do you think that he could move the universe to remove the terrible times that you're going through? Yes, he could. He absolutely could. And you're saying, but why doesn't he? Because he's just waiting for whatever needs to happen for you to, to, for this bad thing to bear fruit. For it to do in your life what God wants it to do. Not because God caused the bad thing. He didn't cause the bad thing. What I'm trying to say to you, but he allows it to stay there. Until it has brought fruition, until it brings fruit. For it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. See, this brings us to that next reason that we should praise him. Even when things are going wrong. See, we praise him for he has given us a living hope. When I typed it in my notes here, I actually put in the word, which has given us a lively hope. And then I looked at it later and said, that's a, no, it's not a typo. It may be a slip, but it's not a typo. It is a lively hope. The Christian realizes that God is working in all things. And so when we realize that God is working in all things, we have no right to look toward the dark side of things. And say, oh, woe is me. Because hope energizes the Christian as as the Christian yields to the Holy Spirit and says, God, do with me as you will. Do what you need to do. Bring me to this place that I need to be brought to. And it is the Spirit then that reminds the Christian who he or she is. And what are we? We are the children of God. We are under his care. We are never forgotten. We're always loved and reminded of this. You see, the Christian is the object of God's affection. Do you, you know, do you know how much you're worth to God? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, you are worth so much that he would take his only son and have him die for you. For you. And you need to say it to yourself sometime. Jesus Christ died for me. How much love is that? How much greater love could there ever have been than God to send his only son to die for you? And therefore, when we have those bad things that have happened in our lives, we need to recognize that this is is not the end. This isn't what God is, is, is going to put a period at the end of this uh, sentence. He's going to continue on with this sentence. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. You see, as we are born again, our outlook, it changes. So that the Christian should Always expect the best because the living hope is adapting to the situation. I heard a sermon a long time ago. And the sermon talked about on Friday. On Friday, the day that Jesus Christ was crucified, Mary was crying her eyes out. But it was only Friday. The disciples, they were in despair, but it was only Friday. Friday. They said that the thought of Jesus doing anything more than what they had ever seen him do was gone. But it was only Friday and Sunday was coming. Sunday is coming, folks. And it's just as sure as there is a night and then there is a day that Jesus Christ has come to bring you through all of this. Hope is born again. When we see that God is transforming us in this difficult time, God does not cause the evil thing, but he certainly allows it and allowing it. Remember, there is a purpose in this and maybe you've trusted in your job or your money or in the bank or maybe then another person, but maybe though you know that God didn't cause the evil. But he didn't cause you to go through a divorce. He didn't cause you to have all the evil things that are happening to you. But I can guarantee you one thing. He will walk with you through it. He'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you in this. For I have never met anyone who sought God while going through a difficult time that did not find him. I have never met anyone who sought God while going through a difficult time that didn't find him. And what they will tell me is is that their walk with him was so sweet during this time, they wouldn't exchange it for anything in, in the world. Now, I'm not trying to say they want to go through a bad time again. I certainly won't say that. But I will say that they will not exchange that sweet time they had with him for anything. For they cling to God so tightly that their hope of walking through the difficulty is as real as the hope that the sun is going to come up after the darkest night. That's how much they grow during this period of time. You see, I, I will never praise God for the difficult times. But I will praise him for the hope that he has given me. And when I praise him for the hope that he has given me, I promise you, it is well with my soul. It is well. When David Livingstone appeared at the University of Glasgow to receive the honorary doctorate, doctor of law degree, he was received with silent respect. He was gaunt. And weary from 16 years of exposure to Africa's hardships, one arm hung useless at his side because of an attack by a lion. Livingstone asked, Shall I tell you what supported me through all those years of exile amongst a people whose language I could not understand and whose attitude toward me was always uncertain and often hostile? It was this lo i am with you always even to the end of the world folks there's sometimes you need to read that verse to yourself because you need to realize lo he is with you always behold he is with you always even to the end of the world you are not alone in this we praise him for he has given us an eternal inheritance it is ours forever now, this inheritance has three characteristics that cause us to praise God. This inheritance is incorruptible because it belongs to our future. See, it exists and, it, and, you know, in that day we shall walk unheeded to him in heaven. It exists for that moment that we shall walk with him unheeded in heaven. It is incorruptible as heaven itself this inheritance is undefiled as our great high priest is undefiled. See, Jesus knew temptation, but he would. there was never a chance he would succumb to it. See, Jesus is God and God is holy. Do you realize the attributes of God? The attributes of God work like this. See, God doesn't try to be unchanging. He doesn't try to be unchanging. He just is. God doesn't try to be holy. He just is. That's who he is. There's nothing different about him in all of this. He is exactly what he is. And when we look at him, he is just, as he is in, as uh, undefiled, so is our inheritance is undefiled. This un- inheritance is also in- unfading. It is as a timeless place called heaven. Do you realize one of the things we're going to get rid of in heaven? Calendars why would you need it <laughs> think about that we don't need a calendar anymore isn't that a great thing well, I probably won't even need a watch think about that it cannot fade because there is no decomposition in the life of heaven that's where it is most inheritances come from someone else's dying um, this inheritance was paid for by Jesus Christ's death yes but this is inheritance that is fully realized when we die. You know, whatever we inherit from somebody else is going to be gone someday. You realize that. I mean, I, I don't care if it's an enormous amount. Even if you don't spend it, you save it for your kids and you give it to them. Eventually it's going to be gone. I promise you that inheritance is going to be gone because they're going to inherit it from them. And even if they say, they, they save it, it's going to be inherited from them. But this, Inheritance comes with love that cannot be lost. It cannot be lost. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this inheritance is kept in God's love. Now, the Bible tells us that husbands are supposed to love their wives. And, and there is one thing that I don't know if husbands recognize that women really, really need. See, they need to know that they are secure in their husband's love. Understand that. They need to know they're secure in their husband's love. And that love is secured by affection... And protection this is he now here's the thing folks men don't usually live as long as women that's just a true statement it's just you know the nature of who we are so what I did was is I got plenty of life insurance so that I could take care of my wife see I wanted to know I wanted to know my love even after I'm gone in fact I thought about this this morning when I was preparing I said you know I'm worth more to her dead than I am alive right now I need to think that through a little bit but you see I have something for her because of my love for her you realize that doesn't even hold a candle to the love that God has for you the love that God has for you he's given an inheritance he's taken care of you way beyond this world and what you would need so We praise him for he has secured our relationship with him. Our inheritance is kept in heaven. That's the place we'll receive it. That's the place it's waiting for us. And realize no one can steal it from us. Nobody can take it. For no evil can enter into heaven. Realize where you keep it is very, very important when you talk about keeping something secure. Right now, you cannot lose your inheritance nothing in the world will take it away if you know the lord jesus christ nothing in the world will take that away Jesus said in John ten uh, twenty eight, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Do you realize what it is saying? It's kept in heaven for you. It's held by God there and you're not even strong enough to snatch yourself out of his hand. You realize you can't even do it. So realize how secure this is. Today, we are finding out that passwords can be hacked. You get a computer, your password can be hacked, right? You just, you know, that's, that's true. That's why they have all of these companies that They're going to protect you. I don't know exactly how they protect you, but they say they're going to protect you. Well, they're going toward biometrics now, toward uh, being your passwords. They're, they're using your, your, uh, your eyes, and they're using your fingerprints. And in fact, all of your fingerprints, and they're using, your, uh, you know, they're, they're using your, what you look like. And quite frankly, maybe you even have a phone that unlocks itself. Did you know that in reality, except for identical twins, that there are no two people that really, really, really look alike? When you put them next to each other, you can see the differences. And so they're doing this thing with the biometrics. And, and so that in a, in a few years, because all the hacking of passwords and the, fat and the speed of computers and, the, and what they're going to be able to do, they're going to be able to take them and destroy everybody's password anyway. They're going to have to do some kind of biometric. And so you will be looking into a camera or you'll be touching a pad or you'll be some way you're going to be given access in that way. But there will be a biometric to access your Heaven's inheritance too. Do you realize that? There will be a biometric. You will have the presence of Jesus upon you. You will have the presence of Jesus upon you. And that's how you will be able to enter into heaven. You see, your name has been placed in the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 21, 27 says... But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's your inheritance. Maybe you just barely made it here today. Maybe that's your story. You know, I hope that this message has given you a taste of a living hope that goes beyond whatever you're going through. It is why we praise him, no matter what we are going through. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't have a clue where you are in your life, many of you. But I would say this to you. If you've been away, you know what God would say to you? Come home. Come home. You know, it's what I tell parents all the time. I said, your child is away from the Lord The child is away from you. I said, use the Motel 6 motto. We'll leave the light on for you. Let me tell you something. God has left the light on for you. Come home. Pray with me.